My guest on Front Row Rugby today is former Springbok prop and legend Adrian Garvey. Adrian, welcome to Front Row Rugby. Thank you very much, Peter. Thank you. Nice to be here. Before we begin our conversation, let's take a look at the trivia question for this week. In 2001, the Springboks could not wear castle lager on their jerseys in France because of advertising laws in that country. What name was displayed on the Bok jersey instead? If you know the answer to the question, you can put it in the comment section down below. We'll also find out if Adrian knows the answer to that question, but we'll do that at the end of our conversation. Adrian, you represented Zimbabwe before you played for the Springboks for the first time. How did it come about that you represented South Africa in the first place? I had a fantastic career in, in Zimbabwe. Um, I went to... Uh, CBC Christian Brothers College in Bulawa, and then later on moved to a, a Plumtree Plum Tree High School on the border of Zimbabwe and, and Botswana. And um, played my rugby at school and moved on to Old Miltonians. And then uh, um, in the early sort of 80s, got chosen to represent Zimbabwe. And uh, 91, we, we um, uh, made it to the World Cup. And and uh, yeah, you know, I had I had a, I had a, a fairly good World Cup, and um, I, I managed to score two tries against Scotland, which was which was fantastic. And the following couple of years later, I had an invitation to rep, to play for the South African Barbarian team, and they they selected. Uh, two, 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 two Namibians and one Zimbabwean, and I was the fortunate Zimbabwean to be selected. And and it was the the, the basis of that team, the squad was was the the, the the ninety-five World Cup winning team, you know. And and I could just sense if if I wanted to make a career or, or further my rugby career, this opportunity playing for the the South African Barbarians was 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 the stepping stone, and 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 I trained wildly for it. Um, I played very, you know, played played uh, played exceptionally hard on on, on tour, and, and sort of kept away from 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 the the Heinekens that were flying away, flying easily on you know on the buses and that. And uh, yeah, well, shortly after that, that was in '93 that tour, and. Uh, Came back, came back to to Zimbabwe, and and shortly afterwards, I had two offers from South Africa, being Natal and the Lions. Hey, if you're enjoying this video, why not hit the like button? Your debut for the Springboks came in 1996 against Argentina. Talk to me about the differences in what it felt like for you in making your first appearance for Zimbabwe as well as South Africa. Yeah, they, they were both. Fantastic experiences, you know. Don't get me wrong. Playing for Zimbabwe, uh, my first uh, test match was against Spain, and funnily enough, my last test match for the Springboks was against Spain. So, um, they are both very, very proud moments. Um, the, and, and in both games, I can remember um, I, I sort of had a, a tough time in the office in, in the front row. You know, both the, the Spanish lucid that day when I was playing against Zimbabwe, and of course the 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 Argentinian, which was which was the, my first game for for the Springboks, was in Argentina, Buenos Aires, and I had a tough both games. I, I can remember it wasn't great debuts. I had a, a very torrid time in the front row. 
And you very quickly established yourself in the side. You became a virtual ever-present all the way through to the end of your tour in 1998. In that time, you played under Andre Markrov, Carl Duplessis, and also Nick Mallett. I'd like to hear from you what your take is on the differences between those three coaches. Yeah, so you're correct. Andre Markrov was, uh, you know, the first coach to select me. And, uh, and, and yeah, th- thanks to him. For, for that, and then he had uh, he sort of got dismissed from that role, and yeah, he, he was a great coach. Um, my sort of memories with with Coral weren't so great. Um, you know, we 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 faced the British Lions that year in '97, and uh, those were two games that we should have well, the series we should have never have lost. Um, I can just remember hours and hours. I, I, I still to this day can't speak a word of Afrikaans, and and I can remember between Carl and 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 the assistant coach. You know, we would would have um, hours and hours of, of of team meetings, and it just went on and on and on in Afrikaans, and I just sat there, just sort of nodding my head. Um, and then and then from there, Nick Mallet. Nick Mallet was was exceptional. You know, with those. Uh, that, that good run, that, that purple patch that we had, where we just just didn't lose a game, you know. Uh, um, from 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 sort of, I think it was late late ninety seven to end of ninety eight. I think that sort of timing was, and uh, yeah, fantastic memories. Nick was Nick was a great coach, and uh, he was enthusiastic. Um, lots of fantastic memories there. Oh, just just a pity about the '99 sort of World Cup selection. We all know what 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 went what what was the issue there, and, and uh, yeah, I, I think had 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 the selection gone well in that '99, I'd be sitting in front of you with a World Cup medal around my neck. You've touched on a couple of issues there that I'd like to elaborate on, and we'll come to that later in the conversation. I'd like to begin with that 1997 series against the British and Irish Lions. We lost the series 2-1. A lot of people had us as the heavy favourites for that series, and still to this day cannot believe that we managed to lose that series. What do you think went wrong? Oh, jeez, man. Yeah, I, I I I see these TikTok videos from from the British Lions, uh, you know, team, you know, going on about their victory in '97, and you know, it really really grips me because maybe the first test in Cape Town, you know, we we, we should have you know maybe lost that one, but the second one in Durban, we were all over them, we scrummed them. We we, we 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 just bullied them and just couldn't put points on the board and uh, yeah um, you know I, I, I'm fortunate to have played with the Springboks with with a very small uh, loss percentage and uh, and those are the two games that uh, yeah bad memories you know it's just would love to be sitting here and saying we were I was victorious over the British Lions. And just before that series against the Lions, we played a warm-up test against Tonga where you scored your first test try for the Springboks. Uh, talk to me about how cool it was for you to score your first try and actually doubling up. Yeah, oh, oh, good memories. Uh, good memories. That was, uh, yeah, and I just, yeah, it was uh, fantastic. I love scoring tries and uh, I was just at the right place at the right time. Um, and yeah, it was, it was fantastic. 
you talk about being at the right place at the right time, but I think that you were remarkably athletic for a tight head. We usually associate that kind of skill with a Lucy. What was it that gave you such a unique set of skills? Yeah, Peter, good question. You know, I, I, I started my career as, as a flanker. Um, I was only put into to, to the prop position because there was no one else. Um, and and uh, yeah, I, I, I sort of wasn't a heavy guy. When I first joined the Sharks, I was I was uh, a mere 106 kgs, and uh, you know you wouldn't uh, you I wouldn't have even made the first team of a schoolboy side at that weight. You know that the guys today are, are in excess of 120 kgs. And and I, I guess with with that, oh, look, I put on a little bit of weight as my as I as I went on with with the Sharks and, and the Springboks. Um, but I, I think that possibly paid a part. Uh, you know, I wasn't a, an overweight prop. Um, I was a swimmer when, when, when in, in my past. So, you know, I was, I was pretty lean and, 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 and I love training. I must say, you know, fitness was always a big part of my, 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 my rugby program. Earlier, you mentioned the winning streak under Nick Mallett. We went 17 tests uh, victorious consecutively. I'd like to hear from you. Were there any one or two of those results in particular that stood out? After each game, and uh, you know, singing singing that 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 sort of war cry song that the Springboks do. You know, we we the Springboks. I should know it off by heart because we sang it so many times. We never, never worry. We never disagree. You know, something like that. But but yeah. See, always look forward to singing that song after after a win, and uh, uh, any, uh, uh, any game I can't, and I can't really nail any game. I, I, maybe the one at Stade Francais, the old stadium, and I think it was the end of '97 tour. We absolutely annihilated France. In fact, that whole tour, we, you know, because I think it was Scotland, it was France. We you know, we just we just came together so well as a team, and 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 just punished everybody overseas team that we played against. Quite right, 52-10 against France in Paris. There was also a, a 68-10 win over Scotland, which I think is still uh, the record win uh, to this day. And even though the victories continued into 1998, on that end of year tour, the performances appeared to dwindle. They weren't quite as clinical. Um, I've heard from some guys that maybe the boys were just tired on that end of year tour. I've also had James Dalton on the show, and I'll put a link up here uh, to that video. And he said that just prior to departing, Nick Mallett called you guys into a huddle and said that no one's place in the team on the tour was guaranteed. And he said that that threw the guys off because up until that moment, the starting 15 was pretty much cast in stone. How do you remember it? James has got a good memory. I can't even remember that uh, that little huddle. Um, I, I, I don't think anything went particularly wrong. You know, yes, they may have. We weren't as big a margins as we did in 97. But, yes, we, we, we still we came away from the tour undefeated. Um, I, I think... I think tired if players were tired. Um, I, I certainly can remember that against against um, the last game we played. We, you know, I just felt there was the energy levels weren't there. You know, we, we you know you played in those days. You, you you played your Super Rugby, your Curry Cup, and then the end of the year tour, and and you didn't have the reserve bench like you like you do today, and you and you didn't make use of the reserve bench like you like like they do today. So you know each player that was in the starting fifteen 
ended up playing 80 minutes for the whole for the whole season, you know. So I yeah, you know, I I I think we in my memory we were we were still a tit side and uh, yeah, I can't remember anything anything that uh, that I can nail my put a finger on. And then it took nearly a year before you played for the Springboks again. Was that because of injury? I, I can't quite remember. Yes. Um, Peter, I, I, I went through um, two injuries. Uh, the one was with my Achilles. Um, I didn't quite tear it, but it, it took a six month to recover. And um, and the other one was a knee injury, which I, which, which which hurts me today. And and those sort of you know I was, I was fortunate. I got 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 the you know got to able to represent the South Africa in the '99 World Cup, be it only the one game against Spain. But um, yeah, those those two unfortunate injuries just came at the wrong time. I want to talk a little bit about Spain because I had Adrian Richter on the show, and again I'll put a link to his interview here. Uh, and he would have played against Romania at uh, the Rugby World Cup in 1995, and he told me that the problem with playing against teams like Spain and Romania is that they generally don't play a structured game, and it's very difficult to combat. How would you describe it? Yeah, I, I remember playing. We were in Zim when I was uh, representing Zimbabwe. With the one tour we had was to Russia, Romania, and Italy, and fantastic tour. And and uh, we, we lost all three games. But uh, yeah, the biggest lamey I ever got in my rugby career was 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 against uh, Romania, where I came running around us like a ruck, and and this this guy came and, and he hit me in in the leg and put me out of action for a couple of weeks. But yeah, 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 it was good good memories. So you played for the Springboks at the 1999 Rugby World Cup. And I know that Wales was the official host nation for that tournament. But for all practical purposes, it was the then five nations that hosted, just like it was in 1991 when you played for Zimbabwe. I'd like to hear from you. How did you notice the World Cup growing and evolving between 1991 and 1999. Well, the biggest thing that, uh, that that strikes me was, you know, obviously when you're playing for Zimbabwe in '91, um, you know, you don't get the respect uh, that that we certainly got when you come there as a Springbok team in in '99, having just won it in '95. Um, you know, you get a lot more uh, attention and, and the finer details were, were thrown at us. Whereas Zimbabwe, I can remember even going to, to visit Twickenham and, uh, you know, we weren't even allowed to walk on the field because, uh, well, maybe because we were Zimbabwe, you know, but, you know, it, it, it wouldn't be the case for the Springboks. You know, we, could, we would walk on the field and do what we have to do. But, uh, yeah, I think it was more, you're slowly getting into the professional era, you know, professional era sort of started end of 95. Um, so that, you know, a little bit more going into, into the professional era, you know, 99. And since we're talking about 1999, it would be amiss of me not to ask you about that bombshell decision by Nick Mallett to drop Gary Teichman on the eve of the World Cup. How shocked were you? You're coming into the World Cup 99, you've got 17 wins under your belt. You, you, you're the favourite team, uh, and 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 you change. You make such a big decision like that, you know, um, change the whole dynamic of, of 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 the team, and 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 it was for us for the taking, you know. We, we should have, should have, could have, would have, you know. Australia, uh, Larkham did that silly kick in Twickenham and just got it over the poles to win, narrowly win. 
And, and, and in all my days playing for the Springboks, we never battled against France. We just, just, just wasn't a team that the All Blacks, or, you know, they, they, they sort of have a, a nemesis against France. We, we just, so we would have played them in the final at, at, uh, in, in Cardiff, like I said earlier on, but nothing better than sitting here with a World Cup medal around my neck. Adrian, our viewers love to hear the answer to the following question. Who was your toughest opponent? I had many. I really, Peter, I get asked that question and, 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 and it was different phases in my career, you know. Um, when I had, I had a, I was a light prop, as I said earlier. I was 106 when I joined the Sharks um, back in 94. And I, you know, when, when I played with them, I could get away with it because I had a very strong pack around me uh, in the early uh, super super rugby competition 94 uh, guy kebble john allen vol bartman yeah, big heavy strong guys and and so i could sort of get away with it when that team about the bulk of the team ian mack was appointed uh, coach for the Springboks, and of course he favored a lot of his uh, natal players and the curry cup we played with 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 hardly any of those guys and that's, I think, was when I did my apprenticeship in scrumming. Every Curry Cup game that I played that year, 94, I, 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 I saw my ass, you know, um, from, from the Blue Bulls uh, to, to Western Pro. Every, every, every Curry Cup side, it was, it was, a, it was a, not a great day in the office for me. And um, I learned good, some good, valuable lessons. And... But I, I could see the selectors in the grandstand, you know, the tall selectors saying, oh, we've got a problem here with this tight head. We need to, we need to, we need to find a replacement. And, uh, yeah, I, I knew that they were doing that. And at the end of 94, I went on a massive campaign on, on, on putting on weight and went to the gym. And, and uh, just that's all I did was weight training and weight training and, and put, on, put on weight. But I... I could see, this is a little funny story, but I, I, I could see I, I wasn't the weight that I needed to be. You know, now Ian Mack was back at the Sharks and, and he was passionate. And it, when I first arrived at the Sharks, it wasn't Ian Mack, wasn't the coach. It was a guy called Noel Olafia. Ian Mack came back and I knew he was, uh, you know, the size of the pack was, was the only thing for him. And uh, pre-season, I remember we, 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 we did a, a weigh-in. Well, we were told we're going to be, be weighed in and take our shirts off and, and weigh in. And I knew that day was coming. I'd put on a bit of weight, but it wasn't enough. So um, it was health and racket in the days. And uh, I went to gym and uh, I uh, took two, two and a half kg weights with me, put them in my bag and took them, took them off with me. And so when we got to the change room the next day, I knew my, my, my name was going to be called up. I quickly went to the change room and put these weights in my, in my, in my uh, pocket, jumped on the scale without my shirt, and, and I wasn't carrying much weight. And then the scale jumped up from, from uh, 112 to 119, and I could just see Ian Mack's eyes light up. And, uh, yeah, I, I think I wasn't chosen in the team from that day. And I was always sort of... Uh, the preferred tight end and, and, and yeah, that, that's how it sort of evolved from there. That's a great story, Adrian. So another question for you, what are you up to these days? I've partnered up with the, the, my, my, my ex-captain, Gary Tashman and his partner, James Turila. 
we um, we're in a drilling business up in Africa, drilling focusing mainly on the on the Zambian and DRC copper belt, uh, a bit of production drilling along along with exploration drilling, and um, yeah, it's we've been doing that for the last sort of fifteen years, and and uh, yeah, going very well. I'm really glad to hear that. And I think we're going to have to get Gary Teichman on the show at some stage as well. Adrian, let's take a look then at the trivia question from earlier. In 2001, the Springboks could not wear Castle Lager on their jerseys in France because of advertising laws in that country. What name was displayed on the Bok jersey instead? Adrian, do you know the answer? I know props are widely accepted as the smartest and best looking and most important players on the field. And beer was invented to stop props from taking over the world. My all-time favorite quote. But I can't answer that one. <laughs> the correct answer is Charles. Okay, that's right. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Adrian, it was lovely having you on Front Row Rugby as my guest today. Uh, thank you so much uh, for your time. And hopefully we can have you on again in the future. Yeah, thanks, Peter. Thank you for, for inviting me. And uh, yeah. All the best. Last time on Front Row Rugby, former Springbok coach Ian McIntosh was my guest. You can go and have a look at that video. It's appearing on the screen right now. Next time, Dean Hall will be here. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed that video, why not spear tackle the like button? You can also subscribe and hit the notification bell so you don't miss any content from Front Row Rugby. See you next time.